Queen's Film Academy is a registered charity in the northeast of England in the UK. Visit our website for information on all our activities at youngwomensfilmacademy.co.uk where you can also donate online. Hello, my name is Amelia and I'm from the Young Women's Film Academy. As Clara said in our first podcast, we're interviewing people in our communities who are still working and contributing hugely to protect people and to keep people safe. I'm joined today by Lindsay McVeigh, who is going to be talking about her role as a firefighter during this global pandemic of COVID-19. So Lindsay, could you tell me a bit about yourself, like how old you are and where you live? Okay, so um, so I am 41 years old. I know I don't look at Amelia. I know you've met this before and I know I don't look it, but I am 41 years old. Um, I'm married. I've got a 15-year-old son and I live between two houses. I, at the weekend, I travel home to my husband and son who live in Cumbria and during the week when I'm at work, I live um, in Gateshead. I'm not sure a lot of people know about the variety of jobs in the fire cervix except from the ones on the fire truck. So could you tell us about your job in detail? So my job prior to um, the COVID pandemic, I was, I'm an area manager, so I'm classed as a strategic manager in the fire service and I oversaw five different departments. So they were prevention and education, fire safety, um, operations, resilience and technical services. So that was my role prior to COVID. Um, since COVID um, happened, I got moved into a different role. So I got taken out of my day job and I got moved into a different role. So now I'm part of the um, COVID response from a local resilience perspective. So I'm working um, with Northumberland and the local authorities within Tyne and Weir, and I'm helping support the response um, from a multi-agency perspective. So I um, chair a meeting once a day called the Tactical Coordinating Group. I chair that and I also um, provide updates and support to the Strategic Coordinating Group. So I'm working at the moment with a lot of partners and, and trying to support them as much as I can. So, so that's my role at the moment. And, and on top of that, I'm also, as you said at the start, um, I started my career as a firefighter. I'm still operational now. So what I also do is I'm still on call to uh, mobilise to emergency incidents as well, as and when that's required. Yeah, it seems like a big change from your job before to now after what's happened. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a massive change and, and a completely different line of work as well. And, and obviously working with people that I've never worked with before and, you know, there's real challenges around that because obviously... Most of, the, most of the meetings are done over the phone, so they're not even done on Teams or on Zoom, so you can't see people. And for myself, when I'm chairing meetings, it's really difficult to chair a meeting remotely. So, so it's brought about a lot of challenges, but it's brought about real opportunities as well in terms of me um, building relationships with other partners, which will hopefully in the future bring real benefits to the Fire and Rescue Service and, and to them as well. So because of your job, do you still live with your family or have you had to live separately from them to protect them and yourself? So, um, so I, I, my family, so my husband and my son, they live over in Cumbria and obviously I work over here in Tyne and Weir. So ordinarily, 
I leave here during the week. I live in Tynemwe during the week and I go home at weekends. And because my husband and son are isolating, and although I am in work, obviously I'm, I'm very conscious not to get too close to people, I am still going home at weekends when I can. Um, and so far that seems to be working okay. Although, so although I am seeing my, um, my, my son and my husband, obviously there's um, a lot of other close families family and friends that I'm not able to see the same as everyone else so so yeah so at the moment that that's still how it's working the young women's film academy a unique project providing girls and young women the opportunity to create their own films and digital content under the expertise of an all-female production team So what do you think worries you the most about your job during this time and also all of your colleagues, like how they are treated? Yeah, I suppose what, what worries me the most about my job at this time is, is the fact that, you know, we are an emergency service and we still need to deliver um, a service to the public. And to do that, we need to work as a team and we need to work with other partners as well. So it's, it's getting that balance between being, being, us being able to fulfil our role, but not exposing our staff to too much risk. So obviously being an emergency service and having a lot of, um, um, a lot of supply lines, we've got an awful lot of personal protection equipment anyway, and there's a lot of additional procedures that we've put in place in attempt to try and keep people um, you know, at a further distance from one another, other than when they're at operational incidents where we accept that we'll, we'll accept a level of risk there, albeit that's minimised with the personal protection equipment that they've got to use. So, so I, think, I think my biggest concern is in, in terms of my role, it is it's that it's just being able to fulfil our role still, but keeping our staff safe. Mm -hmm. So do you believe that you and your colleagues have the right protection to help you? or that the government has given you the right, right protection? And do you feel comfortable with what they've given you or not? Yeah, so, so I think, as I say, from a, from a fire service perspective, we've always had a lot of personal protection equipment anyway. So I think we're well protected. And I think, but I think what it's highlighted to me is that there's a lot of other you know, there's an, a massively enhanced level of personal protection equipment that's required in the likes of the care home sector and, and you know, the adult social care sector and the hospitals, the NHS trusts. And I think, you know, it's, it's highlighted to me that, you know, we need to have those supply lines and everything in place for when things like this happen, because I think that's where things have fell down slightly. Yes, from a fire and rescue service perspective, we're okay, but there's a lot of other sectors out there that, that maybe aren't necessarily or, or don't, haven't had the equipment that they've needed um, the entire time, albeit it's getting a lot better now and the, and the supplies are, are seemingly um, becoming established. Have you had to help other sectors of the service? So have you had to help like the, the ambulance service or the police or with their jobs because of how low and how uh, hard it is for them to actually work and get round to everybody. Yeah, so, so what we've done, um, 
for the additional work that we've carried out, we're, um, we've been requested to provide firefighters to drive ambulances. So, so we have agreed to do that. And um, although at the moment we haven't specifically sent anyone from Tynan, we as some of our neighbouring services have um, sent staff to do that. So what they have said is if they need us, they're going to come back. So that's something that we're willing to do. From a policing perspective, we've shared um, personal protection equipment with them. So, so we, we gave them some, um, some masks to utilise to protect their staff for when they were responding. Um, we've, wor we've worked very closely with the police and other agencies around um, procedures and risk assessments and things like that. Um, we've also supported the hospitals, uh, the hospital trusts and um, work in the mortuaries and, and things like that to support, um, and I know it sounds terrible to, to speak about, but to support the movement of bodies and things. So, that, so that's work that we've done. Um, and we've also, we've delivered an awful lot of um, personal protection equipment out to care homes. And we've also delivered um, packages of food and supplies to the most vulnerable in, in, um, in our communities. Um, so, we've, so we've done an awful lot of work outside of our day job uh, in an attempt to help the community as part of this, this you know, kind of national response. It just seems like a very, the fire service has been supporting a lot of sectors, not just their own, which I think is really good of you, that you just helped everybody around you as much as you can, which is what's yeah, about your service. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's, that's a massive positive that's came out of this for the fire and rescue service. The fact that, that you know, our partners, so the local authorities and the police and the ambulance, they have kind of came to us because with everything they've asked of us to do, we've done. So we've worked very closely with the military planners as well. So we've got good relationships with those. We've, we've done everything that's been asked of us and more. And, and I think, you know, in terms of um, a can-do organisation and being central to a response, I think, I think you know, I, I would say that, that we've been kind of at the centre of, of, the, of the response for Northumbria area. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to ask a final question, which I think is quite a tough question. Um, <laughs> what is the most important lesson that you think that we could have learned from this pandemic? Even though it's not over, what can we learn? Yeah, that is a very difficult question, Amelia. <laughs> but... I think, I think for me, I think the biggest thing that we can learn is, I think, I think there's a lot of lessons that we can take from this, um, you know, as individuals and as a society and nationally. And I mean, you know, you, you've just got to look at the value of the NHS. And I don't think any of us have ever unvalued it. But I just think it's, it's absolutely, it's stepped up phenomenally um, over the last few weeks. And I, I think the appreciation that's been shown by everyone is, is, more than warranted i mean my sister's a nurse and she's actually working on the covid ward in the hospital that she works in and and you know they're, they're all doing a fantastic job so so i think it's it's the value that the nhs brings i think um also the fact that you know a lot of people don't like change but ultimately there's a lot of change that's being brought about of this and everyone's coped and i, and I think Hopefully people will learn from that and recognise that, well, in actual fact, you know, change, change although it isn't ideal, it, it isn't that bad. So in life, hopefully the, 
that'll help them a little bit the fact that they've had to change an awful lot to cope with what they've been faced with here um, you may or not be aware but there's a national risk register and on that national risk register one the one of the biggest risks has always been pandemic flu and this is obviously you know kind of a, a version of that if you like so it's always been there. We've always known that they had the potential to happen. Um, and, and I think we've always thought as a nation and, and probably internationally that we were prepared for that. But I think this has just demonstrated the actual fact that we're not prepared. And I think it is just a case of, you know, taking the learning from this and, and seeing, you know, what, we, what other things that we maybe think we're prepared for nationally and locally and internationally but um, maybe we aren't. So I think it's about kind of getting ahead of the game. Um, and yeah, because I mean, ultimately, you know, this whole situation has had a massive impact on economy. You know, it's had an impact on you, I know, from an exams perspective. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it, my son's exactly the same. He should have been doing his exams. He thinks he's got the golden ticket now because he thinks uh, he doesn't need to do his exams. <laughs> I just hope he's predicting grades are as good as he's expecting. Um, so yeah, so so you know, there's, but this this whole situation has had a massive impact yeah. on everyone. I just think we need to really take the learning from that in terms of making sure that we're far more prepared for things like this in the future. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come talk to me. You're welcome, Amelia. Thank you very much for interviewing me. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Lindsay McVeigh from the Time and We Fire Service. The Young Women's Film Academy, a unique project providing girls and young women the opportunity to create their own films and digital content under the expertise of an all-female production team. 